So we are going to start the program. Um, Aditi is... Hi, everybody. Um, Hi. Um, so I thought that we could start the program by reading um, the new year introduction message. And then I would like to do a brief introduction of um, other people. So the Darshan message for today is to find the divine is indeed the first reason for seeking the spiritual truth and the spiritual life. It is the one thing indispensable and all the rest is nothing without it. Share with them. So to start off, um, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I'm very yeah. humbled. I'm very humbled to introduce someone who needs no introduction at all. With such a tumultuous year that has passed, we are so grateful to begin this new year with a program led by Alec Uncle. Alec G is a doctor of psychiatry by profession and is currently practicing at the Sherbindo Ashram in Pondicherry. I feel very lucky to say that he is a very dear member of our SafeNet family. Sure, Bindo and Sure Mother's teachings, Alok Uncle has a way of answering your questions before you've even asked them. He has a way of knowing exactly what teaching is needed to guide you. And his presence itself is so calming that you will feel as if there are no troubles in the world. Although we cannot physically all be together today, I'm sure even through this virtual program, we will all feel, even if just for a moment, Shri Mother and Shirobindo's divine presence through Alok Uncle's talk. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Aditi, for the spontaneous and beautiful outflowing. It's so wonderful to see the children grow up like this. And, you know, they are the hope of the future. Everywhere, all over the world, what I am witnessing is, and I am sure everyone is witnessing is, that uh, this, there is a new kind of children who are there amidst us. Um, and they are marked by certain characteristics through which we can almost identify that they are new kind of children. First is they do not believe in authority. This is something, you know, long back mother had said that Tell the ego, it's the age of authority is over based on ego. So what was the authority based on ego is that I am so and so. Therefore, you have to listen to me. Now that age is gone. I see these children and they are open to reason. They, they like that you discuss things with them. You try to explain, understand. It's not just reason as we understand reason within a limited frame. It could be a wider frame. It could include forces of which children are not aware but they like to, you know, understand things and then act. Second very interesting thing about them, which I'm sure people observe, is that one thing they don't have, and which is wonderful, and it is hypocrisy. So the old world, if I may use the word, was laced through and through, shot through and through with hypocrisy. So there was a social structure set up where you were supposed to behave in a certain way, speak in a certain way, um, even feel and think in a certain way. But how can you really control people's thoughts and feelings? Uh, but what was presented in the front was a facade. And you know what was behind the scenes was a very different uh, person altogether. 
So these children are coming up who don't have that hypocrisy. They have a mental honesty about themselves and about the world they connect with. A third thing which I have observed is that they live in a very large space of consciousness. They need more space. So they connect with many things other than the family. In the previous uh, world order, uh, the family was the highest unit. And the nation was there, but nation was still a little vague in the background. But the family was the largest, biggest unit one could imagine. And then there was the mohalla and the uh, village and all those things. But now these children, they have a family, but they live in the sense of the world as a larger family. It has just come to them. And uh, the fourth thing that they need is a lot of freedom. They want to, you know, try out things. They want to understand things their own way. They don't want everything to be spoon-fed. They want to experiment with life, understand life. And uh, their goals are very different from what, um, you know, traditionally the goals used to be there. I, I mean, I am using the word tradition, though I have myself gone through that process where just after completing my intermediate, what was the equivalent of intermediate, I still remember that there was a discussion about what job line to go. There were only four jobs that uh, everybody was going for. One was doctor and second was engineer and third was IAS. And, uh, you know, some people said, no, police can be hoti hai. So, you know, <laughs> why for different reasons, of course, in India, you get a lot of overheads. So th- one could not think beyond it. And uh, today's children are not like that. They, they have a, their uh, work intrinsically they study their nature their temperament they feel it and then they say this is where i want to go in now you see what what is this difference that is taken place some of the things which we find um, as high verses in the upanishads and the gita they are as if spontaneously becoming natural to today's children so i often give this example that you know kabir had to fight so much about different religions and you know caste creed etc today's children if you talk in that sense they will immediately say you are being racist and uh, you know they live in spontaneously it is there in them and the gita speaks about sabhav and sudharma and i know people have big workshops on what is sabhav and sudharma but today's children know it in their bones <laughs> you don't need to they don't know that they have not never probably heard this term but you ask them what do you want to do in life, they, they want to say, uh, let me feel for it. Let me see what is my temperament. karma. So they want to go by what their intrinsic truth, which wants to manifest. So sometimes they take a lot of challenges, even put themselves in very difficult situations to follow what their real calling is. They use different terms. So if we are a slave of terms, we won't understand what's happening. But uh, for them, this life is slowly seeping so much. You know, the ancient Vedantic ideal of um, the divine essence is in everyone. Theoretically, we thought only of human beings. You know, whenever people said, Sab mein Bhagwan hai, so Sab was only limited to human beings. But today's children, you know, they think about the, the, the Pashu Pakshi, the plants, the earth. All this has come very strangely. I mean, if I look at it last 30-40 years, they have broken free from the mold 
they don't uh, you know many of them don't uh, like to subscribe to the traditional way of life because they have seen a lot of hypocrisy there but they are living it much more in a much more realistic way so many people because of this also feel confused because they feel that the old values have gone and they don't understand that you know how come my child can speak like this to me in front of me so it is like a totally new set of values which are coming in now this when we look at this whole phenomena which i am not going into its detail it's been uh, observed all over the world people who have no idea about mother and shobindo they speak of these children uh, as indigo children rainbow children crystal children all these terms have come but uh, one thing is obvious that something has happened in the earth's history as never before it's not that children have not revolted it's not like that but there is a radical departure there is a radical shift in the you see if you see the movies of the 60s and the movies which started coming in the 70s and the 80s you suddenly see it's not only about the pace but the themes became very complex and very subtle suddenly there was you know the movies of the 60s 50s by and large you will see barring a few movies here and there they were sentimental romantic then you know people got married there was a good guy there was a bad guy that's all and at the end you know the villain was beaten black and blue and the hero won and um, but now these movies are becoming so subtle i mean even the series of uh, you know a marvel series am i right so <laughs> i have so many of these things have come up i'm not saying ki this is good or bad but a new kind of thought a new kind of imagination people are actually thinking in terms of um, those people living in outer space and coming to the earth and uh, you know movies like inception movies like time travel it is like a new kind of imagination has taken hold of the race and um, this imagination has no limits you know movies like cocoon they speak about a new species and there are other movies also we speak about a new species which is emerging now this phenomena is not uh, not yet been studied uh, fully or uh, you know it's been just uh, shelved aside but this is asserting itself now the mother has a very interesting answer to this not answer she is the one who spoke about it in the very beginning she said that you know there is a new world which is born and it's still in its infancy but it's beginning to assert itself and she gave all the signs of this new world which we can see now slowly picking up and growing and manifesting in the form of these children who are of a very different order those children are described very much in you know savitri and many places the mother herself describes about these children so this period when the old values are gone and the new has not yet come is a period of confusion in ancient indian terms it's called as yuga sandhi it's when two ages are meeting you know in savitri we see this double twilight one is the twilight when a truth is beginning to express itself the outbreak of the gods and the second is when this truth has to manifest itself upon earth the earthly real that's where the real battle goes on so we see this simultaneously the truth in its first blush expressing itself in the form of what is called today as a new age music painting new age thought new age poetry and many things it breaks free from the mold and something new has begun to manifest and the second is when it has to express itself on earth where it has to ground itself earth is the forte of all these forces of darkness and ignorance that's where ultimately death is slain because that's its home 
so uh, this period is known as the moment of transition it's a period of transition now when we look at science or even when we look at from a spiritual perspective um, science speaks about evolution taking place in two step it's a two step process i mean it's a many step process but two main steps and in life everything is a two step process so let's start with life what is this two step process the first step is the preparation and the second step is the action those who act without preparation you know they may hit it but chances are that they may end up blowing or making their nose red so there is a period of preparation and this preparation can be of various kinds you see when hanuman ji has to take a leap across uh, the ocean so what is the preparation with regard to him jambant reminds him who you are he raises questions he is doubting himself and then he reminds who you are and what you have done in the past and then there is a preparation after which the final um, battle cry is that jay shri ram he did remembers that you know in my heart there is the lord rama and with him nothing is impossible so there is a period of preparation sometimes a long preparation like we see before rama's coming there is ravana before kansas uh, krishna's coming there is kansa and many other kings before shurvindos coming we see imperialism we see nazism we see all the demons communism of a you know very uh, aggressive violent kind all these things have settled their fort and then amidst amidst them shurvindo comes now what is this period of preparation this is a period when humanity there is nothing happening outside but something is happening inside like the chick inside the egg so if during that time you asked a human being what's happening say so would say well uh, he has to subscribe to a way of life and he would just accept that but inside there is an anguish which is going on you know the story of uh, before uh, the birth of sita so ravana has been slaying these uh, priest and uh, he is keeping their blood in a pot uh, then his mother tells him that don't do this because this is not blood it is anguish so you must wherever this pot will be there there'll be tremendous destruction so he goes and puts it in king janak's uh, field mithila because you know he has been humbled at one point of time during one of those gyana sabhas so he says okay let famine come here and famine does come but ultimately as the story goes king janak is plowing the field and suddenly sita comes out of that kalash now it's a very beautiful symbolic story where ultimately ravana of his own folly of his own choice brings back sita who is the ultimate you know she has emerged out of the anguish of these uh, rishis and munis and takes her there where she you know spells disaster and destruction so there is a period when there are various kinds of preparation that take place and this can be you know uh, this applies at many levels for instance when we speak about uh, the um, you know evolutionary biology then they speak about the saltatory leap so there is a long period when a species is doing all kinds of things there are micro changes which we don't observe and then suddenly one day these micro changes coalesce together and a new species come now this is something which is a mind boggling phenomena of course people speak about intermediary species most of them you don't find there must have been links which have gone but you don't find so something similar we see which is happening now even at the most physical level people often ask that okay all that is fine inside we don't know but what about outside if you really look outside also the 
एवरेज हाइट ऑफ द गर्ल आई डोंट नो वेदर पीपल हैव ऑब्जर्वड और नॉट इट हैज इंक्रीज्ड ऑल ओवर द वर्ल्ड एवरेज हाइट ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स हैव इंक्रीज्ड एवरेज हाइट ऑफ गर्ल्स हैज इंक्रीज्ड बिकॉज़ ऑफ दैट द एयरक्राफ्ट्स हैव टू बी डिजाइंड न्यू बिकॉज़ यू नो ऑफ दिस कॉकपिट स्पेस वाज नॉट मेंट टू accommodate this height and the height etc so the whole thing had to be changed because they observed that the average average lifespan has increased of course this we can attribute to you know to an extent to medicine but it is not just that now not going into its detail if you really study this phenomena it is not just the medicine it has been steadily increasing over a period of time and uh, it seems that today we have entered an age when man can dream that we can prolong life to 150 years 200 years maybe at some point uh, which is one of the things which is required then there is a lot of interest in physical culture which has come up which is part of the change there is a blurring of distinction strangely between the typical feminine body and the typical masculine body uh, even psychological uh, you know strong distinctions they are beginning to move away so uh many such changes are taking place some very micro changes even at the most uh, genetic level who knows at the molecular level and these are uh, changes which are uh, like for instance uh, when we read uh, neurology uh, medicine we were told that neurons are one which stop growing after a period of time so everything is fixed inside the brain but now people are observing that no they can actually grow there is a phenomena called neuroplasticity so uh, neurons in one area can take over the work of another area they are not as specialized as we believed them to be now some people believe that it was always there but we discovered it now but my own take is that probably it was not there and it is developed now there is no way we can prove this uh, either ways so there are changes taking place at many level which may be very small changes but these changes are going to precipitate the future they are suddenly they will all come together and a new future will emerge in evolutionary biology it's a well known phenomena now the same thing applies at social cultural psychological and other higher levels which we find so beautifully in shorbindo's that essay the hour of god where he says there are periods when the spirit moves among men and the breath of the lord is abroad upon the waters of the being there are others when it retires and men are left to act in the strength or weakness of their egoism now there was a time when it was the strength or weakness of your egoism if you were stronger you won now the mother said we are living precisely in an age when we are no more left to our own resources there is a great help available which has come precisely to make this transition from the human to something else which we cannot even envisage we see all these uh, even at an individual level every crisis when what happens in a crisis what do we call as a crisis very interesting crisis not only about uh, what we call as bad events crisis also about what we call as a good event let me take an example when somebody is posted on promotion to another place so normally one would say it's a good event yes but it's a crisis why it's a crisis because you have to adjust to a new environment new changes so with one good other things have come so basically crisis is when we are in a safe comfort zone and that comfort zone shat- is shattered now during that moment of crisis we are given a chance to reinvent ourselves so this we see now happening the earth in the last uh, in the previous century first 50 years went through literally a convulsion if you really look at from the mega scale it went through a convulsion there was so much churning there was such bloodshed and everything but through this convulsion 
during this convulsion many things got broken what should be the describes in savitri as a giant dance of shiva toward the past many of the established values deep and trans things they were broken so what happened after that break now people can't go back immediately to that uh, you know these things are transmitted culturally and otherwise through a stable society but the society itself was broken because of invasions because of uh, flux because of you know uh, various uh, reasons because of other areas where uh, problems and issues were coming up so the social order was broken it the structure was broken and then now people were literally roaming without really anything to hold on to what the gita speaks of the gita speaks of this moment as a moment of dharmasya glani so dharmasya glani is when the dharma the, the in the unfolding of the divine sanatan there are periods when uh, a law which helps in evolution at a given point of time becomes anachronistic it has to be broken and set aside one example of this is and in in it is also known as yug dharma one example of this is that shri krishna when he says in the gita that i am the one who has established the fourfold order now if shri krishna was to write the gita afresh or say the gita afresh we think he will say exactly the same thing but he may say that i am the one who has broken the fourfold order because it's no more necessary now what he will bring out but he has because it is because it is he who has established it its truth will emerge so what he is breaking is the form in which this truth had emerged as i given example that swadharma and swabhava initially were determined largely by heredity or at some point they came into heredity so we have you know in the mahabharata age karna is not uh, allowed to take to archery because how can he be a kshatriya if he is not born of a kshatriya but today children are beginning to feel from within so the truth remains but the form gets broken so this form is not just the outer form of a uh, you know the body but any social structure institution they are all forms Uh, systems uh, cultural uh, you know modes ritualistic behavior they are all forms and these forms are helpful at a point of time that's why they have come into existence they are helpful for, for man's growth but there comes a time when the very thing which helped man becomes a means for his decline dharma siglani so it was valid at a given point of time it is no more valid at this point of time so we have to understand dharma in two context one is dharma which is the eternal truth and the eternal law it is the stable basis of all things it's where we are rooted deep inside so the presence of the divine it is the in its essence it is sanatan dharma it is the truth which can never be never ever be abolished even centuries of skepticism cannot wipe it out even if everybody denies this truth will remain and it will assert itself because it's something eternal there is no way you can abolish it so this one aspect of dharma which we read today aditi read in that wonderful message today to find the divine presence divine is the first reason for spiritual life so this is an eternal truth and this will always remain valid a lot of people speak about finding this divine presence and you know so people often say so what is the difference between this and shurbindu's yoga now here comes the second part and it is truth in manifestation now when we speak about transition we are speaking about truth in manifestation manifestation means now the dharma which is inside is taking form it's taking a body and flesh now when it takes a body and flesh then depending on age for a certain age it takes a body a flesh a form then after a certain age that form must go 
and mankind has evolved that truth inside is the same but now it wants to take up new forms because the consciousness has developed to a point where it must express itself in new ways so you see today is very interesting people often say that children don't go to temples and don't do ritualistic worship but i have spoken to so many children and um, you know they know almost intuitively that god is within you they did they have not read it anywhere <laughs> they are speaking what the gita speaks of is manasi tanu ashita ma says quite a few children here uh, isn't it uh, is god in the temple god is inside you then he may be in the temple but he is subtly here inside us this they know they may not know how to find it etc but this for sure ask the children what is right and what is wrong so again we see that before um, uh, this transition started mankind had a idea of right and wrong which was decided by society by morality which had a you know things were in black and white or by um, religious norms this is right this is wrong so ask today's children they will say i don't know it depends on how you think about it so very recently i had this very interesting conversation and there was a child who said something marvelous uh, yeah yeah not child but a grown up person so i was just watching one of the you know some program where there was some suffering and pain and all that so it was very painful and out of deep kindness i was telling this person that um, see there is so much suffering upon this in this world and uh, you know there should be a remedy for it and of course we know the remedy so i actually said to bring out something from the person who was watching it so the person started smiling now you know i was saying something which the buddha has said one of the four noble truths are dukham this world is suffering even shri krishna speaks of it as anityam asukham lokam and the person smiles and says what is the point of remedy when there is no illness i said what do you mean there is no illness said there is no suffering so what do you mean there is no suffering and this person is not some rich person who is any ashram person and who is living in very modest surrounding so the person says well you know there is no suffering it the way you think about it now this idea which today we take it as most children will speak like this but what is this idea how did they get this idea that you know it's your thinking that makes it so about right and wrong they decide based based on what in something within them feels they say well let me decide it and they make a choice of course they make errors they make mistakes especially from our point of view but this is precisely what we are saying that during moments of transition there is a confusion they will it will look like they are making mistakes and they are making errors but they will eventually discover what the mother said very interestingly about the superman she said how do you become a man she says you have developed the sign that you have become a human being is when by your mental and moral understanding by your reason by morality you control the vital animal inside you otherwise somebody who is living by his vital impulses that i'll do whatever i feel like is not even human being of course he has a human face and he has a human form but that doesn't make one a human being the consciousness is still largely animal wherever a person is living only for his basic appetites uh, what do animals live for they live for food they live for uh, they want a little roof over you know place to shelter and they live for uh, well they mate and have ch- children and little bit of the family roti kapda makan parivar mera parivar do hamare 
दो तुम्हारे सो हमारे दो तुम्हारे दो सो सो द पॉइंट इज इफ यू रियली लुक एट दैट लाइफ इट्स सच ए पॉइंटलेस लाइफ बट दिस वाज द आइडियल आई मीन पीपल इवन सेइंग दैट नो नो फॉर द पापी पेट यू नो व्हाई पुअर फेलो सो नाउ वेयर एवर पीपल लिव ओनली फॉर हंगर वेयर दे लिव फॉर एपिटाइट्स नाउ अनफॉर्चूनेटली इन ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इट हैज बिकम वर्स बिकॉज़ इन एनिमल एज दे से दैट एनिमल डज इट इन सीजन बट मैन डज इन सीजन एंड आउट ऑफ सीजन ही इज नॉट हंगरी but he must amass because he's not comfortable you know till he amasses and where is the limit so greed comes in and all this so there is a whole world which was built around the animal appetites we may give it very nice names we can give it a branded shop a fancy name and we you know say that look i am wearing uh, you know anyways i'm bad at it one you sense shirts or designer but basically if you look at it it's a whole world created by hunger and savitri speaks of that that death destroys the world his hunger had made so that world is collapsing and it this world had its own set of values things were within certain frameworks certain limits now that is all gone so true humanity sign that somebody is human is when the vital impulses vital uh, animal like things are mastered by something which is moral and mental within us see one is doing a business so when one applies true ethics not just that you know i have to amass wealth by getting it made in uh, made in china and i put a stamp and sell it for a much higher price now that's cheating but if you really want to practice ethics now this has come for instance fair trade and these things are beginning to come up they are still laced with loaded with many uh, mal practices but at least there is some tendency towards that then how does the superman come into existence superman comes into existence when he controls not only the vital but also his mental ideas and opinions by something still greater and that is the light of intuition so take an example that there is a rational person he masters his vital impulses knows when to act where to act how much to act he knows that desh kal patra but when it comes to divine and you know those things higher things Persons, I doubt. I don't know how can it be. And he starts his analytical process. But the higher race is governed by intuition, and intuitively knows that there is something known as the divine. These children, amazing. I mean, there are two kinds: one who have proceeded along lines of intellect and analysis, and they will ask hundred times, thousand times. There are other. They say that God is within. If you ask them, please explain what it means. They won't be able to explain most of the time. but something within them knows this almost as a certitude now this intuitive sense which is awakening also teaches them what is right and wrong this is something very new we may not be noticing it but uh, mother says that the superman will find his social law based on an inner intuition so right now the social law is that you have to respect the elders but today's children don't go by that they say ki i'll respect if the person is worthy of respect and you can't uh, command respect from them just because you are wearing a girwa you know well i am not wearing for any anything like that it just happens that today you know but they will not respect because of that it's a sign they will feel something inside and based on that they give a respect they must respect has to be earned like everything else so this transition that we are witnessing which sometimes is very frightening because the entire old world values have collapsed and therefore a new thing is beginning to emerge now 
this new thing is beginning to assert itself in many areas and many fields. So it can be very disconcerting. The first bird was neither had lost the swiftness of the snake, but had not developed the wings to fly. If you look at that creature, it's called Archaeopteryx and uh, you know Pteryx that wings, and uh, it's archaic Archaeopteryx. So it's a reptile who is so reptile who is crawling. There is something like awkward wings, and it is trying to fly. It cannot fly. It cannot run like a snake. Snake can be very swift on the ground. So we see many children today a kind of layer of humanity which is like the awkward. Uh, we may use the word. Homo sapiens intellectualis or Homo sapiens psychicus. Now, what are Homo sapiens intellectualis? Their intellect is no more confined to just the standard format. Standard format of intellect is where one is um, a doctor, an engineer, and he has been taught a subject and he looks within that frame. In these children, their intellect has begun to go beyond the frame. They don't know what's happening to them, but they have begun to actually receive. Uh, a kind of rays from above and based on that they have a ha- phenomena they look at things understand something new slip into those gaps you know always in reason there are little loopholes and they s- slip that light into it and they create new structures new ways of thinking new systems of thought and they're coming up with many innovative, innovative ideas precisely because this light of intuition is showing them now this is a big transition and the mother says that it has impact upon the body. And she gives an example. Say, there, now we are going through that uh, so-called, it's very unfortunate, post-corona world. Uh, I don't know, whatever it means. But in that, there is a format of humanity which thinks only in terms of virus, vaccines. It's still the old format. But there is a kind of humanity which is emerging, which is beginning to conceive of this in new ways. I mean, they Different ways. It's not that this is right or that is wrong. Somebody very interestingly said, this is not Corona but Karuna. Why? Because it is Karuna for earth, for creatures. Many creatures who were in the hiding have begun to come out. Somebody else is saying it is resetting the balance of the world. Someone else came up with thought, this is giving us time to go within and study ourselves. So there is a set of humanity which may be small, but it has come out during this time. This is a marked difference between this epidemic and the epidemic of the Spanish fly. People think they are the same. They are not the same. During that episode, it was just the standard format of thought. But what has shifted inside? Who has given them this knowledge? Who told them that this is Karuna? Who told them that, look, you know, this is going to reset the balance of the earth? Where did this thought come from? It's illogical. This my own. Don't try to search this word in dictionary or Google search. Just like there are asocial creatures. Today's children are not antisocial. They are asocial. You will see that sometime when uh, relatives have come and you expect them to do things, old format, they will not do it. They will do it only when they feel from inside. Right? So this is their asocial. Similarly, they are illogical. Now what me is meant by illogical, they are not illogical. They are actually a kind of supra-rational truth is beginning to emerge and showing them things which once you see that, then the rest is very much fits into place. For instance, there is no logical way in the strictly human frame where you can say, well, earth is breathing, beginning to breathe. Because logic will say, but is earth a living entity at all? It will say it is inanimate matter. But equally you can say that probably these are the limits of our senses that we think earth is a non-living entity. What if earth is living? 
Now, the moment you say earth is living and you say earth is beginning to breathe, then it all falls into place. There is another kind of logic based on a new premise. So, this new premise about life where things are conscious, there is something beginning to emerge. That everything is conscious. You can't treat, you know, our earth just like that, that throw away anything there. Everything is conscious. The way they are handling, even their cars, you know, it may look materialism. It's not just materialism. I am. Uh, it used to be a very interesting sight for me because, uh, you know, typical brought up in a tradition where, you know, the material things are not really uh, good, good things. Spiritual things are the real things. So when I would see people taking a lot of care to wash their car on, on Sunday and things like that, it used to look very odd. But I understand it's something new which has come. It's not just about money. They relate with it. They begin to connect with it. Even there are movies which have come where the car is shown as a living being. Now this is an imagination. But look at the direction in which imagination is running. That everything carries a consciousness within and that consciousness is beginning to emerge. So this is what we are witnessing now. The superman which is the superman consciousness as the mother called it. It is vast. That vastness we see in these children, it is generous, benevolent, this is the word she said. So this whole idea of crime and punishment, see there is a shift which is taking place in this whole idea of crime and punishment. Uh, we see these shifts are very interesting, like the law of Moses, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So Christ came and gave a new law. The law was the law of compassion. That no, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is not the um, final law. It was necessary at one stage. But a greater law is the law of divine love which forgives and understands. So today's, today's children, when you ask them and you tell them, uh, the previous generation it used to be, oh, he has done this, he should be punished. Punishment was a very, very strong instinct in human nature um, 30, 40 years back. But today's children give a thought and they sometimes come up with very new uh, ideas. And even the movie, some of the, one of the first movies I, I remember, very unusual. Now it has become a more common idea where the person who was a, you know, his truck had overrun someone and then the judge gives him a very interesting punishment. And the punishment is that you have to look after the family. Was it Mera Gaon, Mera Desh? I may have forgotten. Yeah. So it was, there are such ideas and these children, capital punishment, for example, if you take a survey now to all the children in the world, most of them will be against it. It's very strange. But if you go back 40 years back and you tell them capital punishment, yes, of course, for a small crime, hanged. And that's why you see that the sign that a society is really developing is when it starts moving from a brutal, crude way of looking at life to a more subtler, soft power, this concept has come. So if you go, there are societies even now, very retrograde societies. I don't want to name them. But you know, if you have committed a theft, chop off the hands. Uh, if you have uh, committed adultery, you kill. Now, I think I have almost named, but this is medieval times. I mean, it's a sign of a retrograde thing. Today, if you do that, now people will say, take for example, adultery. Now people will say, yes, it happens, you know, people shift and, you know, something inside shifts and they should, you know, <laughs> live together and, you know, <laughs> come out of this marriage and they, they start looking at it like that. Primitive society, this was crime for a woman, not for a man, by the way. So that was another very strange thing. Similarly, for theft, now 
people children will say but you know he may be a poor person and you know he may have really needed it so the whole criminology the sociology of the new generation is shifting from punishment orient oriented to reform oriented and this is a very massive shift that maybe this person can change maybe he doesn't know about things maybe he needs to understand life so this shift that we are observing it's very very minute it's taking place in a very subtle way many subtle ways for example as i said from crude power to soft power this is something very much it's come in the now corporate and everywhere people are talking about soft power that you know if things can be done in without uh, Uh, shooting a bullet why not do it there are ways to win hearts now all these ideas have already come in today's times and this is because a new consciousness has begun to uh, is got activated upon earth this is something very unique to shirbindo completely unique because if it's just a question of finding the divine there are hundreds of paths literally hundreds if you look at the entire profile there are sects subsects and what not so there are many pick and choose any one so what is unique about shirobindo unique about shirobindo is that finding the divine within is one aspect but this is the starting point of finding the divine in manifestation and then you see that there is a big 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 gap perhaps the vedic rishis spoke a little bit about it all social organization is an effort to find the divine in frames of time and in social structures that's how organizations come all institutions come up but these frames freeze because time advances human consciousness advances it goes through many layers of experience so they it cannot remain the same it has to reinvent itself and that's what we are seeing today witnessing today that in manifestation something new has come the divine is the same when you know shri raman maharishi was somebody asked him this question that shurbindu is speaking about divine descending so what is it uh, divine descending we don't understand uh, he said yes i also don't because divine is everywhere so what is there for divine to descend and this question was asked to shurbindu he said yes of course the divine is same one he is everywhere but there are many planes of his manifestation so what big change took place in terms of the divine presence till now humanity saw the divine through a veil and the highest kind of humanity which rose to the seer the sage the rare yogi it saw the divine through the veil of the golden lid the overmind veil so it invariably saw the gods and then it saw the impersonal divine the gita speaks of the purushottam of course but the average humanity saw the gods and it saw the impersonal divine but what is beyond it and what is its relevance to our life so there was a big gap for our life there were the gods they set standards of conduct but if you wanted moksha go beyond them and enter into that impersonal divine that's it but now we have something new shurbindu brings no it is not that the impersonal divine and there is a maya and out of maya all these gods have emerged and they are just running the creation creating one illusion after another basically it is all creation is a manifestation of the divine shakti this is something very wonderful so now creation from ignorance is moving towards creation in knowledge but in between there will be a transition when forms of ignorance which we took as knowledge are being broken aside and there is a seeking for true forms truth so this is what is emerging
So this idea that divine is manifesting himself and the divine of yesterday is no more valid. We have to invoke the divine of tomorrow. You know, when mother would use her mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate, then we all know the meaning of course she has herself said. She's invoking the supreme and then she's uh, paying obeisance and then he's saying, Thou art all. But then she says that I'm invoking the Lord of tomorrow. So that Lord of tomorrow is the supramental divine who is beyond these one aspect, second aspect, third aspect. And this is something very interesting which is taking place in children where they are spontaneously begin, beginning to have a idea of the divine which cuts through sects, cults, forms and initiatory rituals. Spontaneously. When they say that, you know, divine is something secret or sacred within me, you ask them, okay, which path are you following? So they will be at loss. They'll say, I mean, path means what? This idea, old idea of this path leading to this point, this path leading to this God, this path leading to this, is actually gone. It is like, People are entering into a zone spontaneously from where they are as if initiated. They are aspiring for something greater and they are entering into wide domains of knowledge, wide domains of light and that's how they are proceeding. So those strict definitions, this is karma yoga, this bhakti yoga, this gyan yoga, while it's okay for the mind's understanding, is automatically changing into an integral movement of the divine. In everything they want to realize. I know a number of people who spontaneously feel that if God is there, He should be realizable in every activity of my life. So these are some of the shifts which are taking place. An entirely new, unprecedented thing. And the difference between the gods of the overmind and the new creation will be one of the big differences. See, the overmind creation was still very much dependent on the gods, one aspect or the other. And where were these gods found? These gods were found in the temples. You went to a temple, you prayed, and then you know either Hanumanji or Ramji or Vishnu Bhagwan or Krishna, he blessed you. Uh, and in between you and God, there was also the Panda, we should not forget. Okay, so he is the one first, he must, you must please him with a substantial offering, and then you know he will decide whether God is kind to you or not. Now, this is gone. The gods of the temples suddenly now children's want to experience that thing inside. So the age of the gods is over. Instead of gods being found in the temples, he has to be found within us. And this is a huge shift. And the mother says that with the present incarnation of the Mahashakti, complete incarnation, man can directly come in contact with the Supreme. But there is something else also with which we can uh, you know, close take questions, is that this inner shift or the inward shift from directly coming in contact with the Supreme, we also find it to an extent hinted in the Upanishads. But now this Supreme has to be brought in contact with matter. So the matter is beginning to change. She has spoken about that, that this, um, you know, as one essence, I was speaking about this intellectual frame. The moment you enter into the higher domain beyond this fixed intellectual frame. Now this he has used the word a different kind of a higher intellectuality which allows for the light to creep in. She says this kind of humanity will come in and this humanity will be able to receive a greater light and directly pass it on to the body which means the bodies will act very differently in the same conditions than those bodies which are completely conditioned within the mental framework. 
So what was the old world mental framework? This is a virus. This is a vaccine. Nothing. Do gaj duri, mask hai jaruri. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, human beings wear mask and live. So the mask, the age of, <laughs> I, I want to say ironically, the age of masks are over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not please please don't you know otherwise nowadays it's <laughs> dangerous to give these advices that you know mask jaruri hai as long as the government tells you but there is a new possibility that beyond this framework there are people who because during this period so many people i know who came in contact and i actually very um not directly you can't do it but indirectly i was interested in knowing what happened to the devotees this was a very uh you know and because i am in touch with so many so what really happens to them because mother's teaching is something way beyond so how did they manage and it's very interesting that not only devotees there are people who are world over who even if they had corona it was nothing and you know you can open it's a new thought a new paradigm if you want to call it through which even when they go through an illness the impact is much less of course we may explain it in various ways at the end we have to fall upon immunity but is there something which is beyond the reach of this immediate intellectual mind which activates which brings in let's use the word the light from a greater domain and activates our immunity many such changes are taking place in the field of medicine and i don't want to go into it because it's a huge subject and the other kind of humanity which is emerging as i said it's homo uh, sapiens psychicus so this humanity is entering into deeper domains of their own heart i hinted at that and from the heart they are operating and they are coming up with very different feel of the love the sweetness the joy of life that they bring in so already we see that this humanity is beginning to emerge like an outflowering and this is going to eventually lead ultimately to a new creation and so much so that she says that this is the first step that you break free from this uh, entire mental cocoon in which we are shut and admit that there are higher possibilities and this light filters through acts upon the body and brings in its own results and then eventually through these impacts because we begin to believe in a new consciousness it starts with a belief or a faith and we begin to invoke it so what happens when people have any less they invoke the divine it's not about whether the divine will act or not you know scientists can study god in the cisu and all that but because humanity has this faith that there can be an intervention now we are living in an age where actually the intervention can be much more frequent because there is this new consciousness which is active to support it 100 years 200 years back it may not have been that frequent precisely because it was a period of preparation anguish 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 so now we are ready for the leap and because of these interventions the body is being impacted by these forces beyond what we can imagine and from within the body itself as the mother said this new substances got incorporated and therefore from the body within there are new kinds of aspirations which which are emerging so i know of people who have a very strange aspiration they are doctors and they would say i want uh, or rather i don't want any suffering or disease to happen to anybody now you know a doctor for a doctor somebody would say it's an impossibility so where is it coming from it's not wishful thinking it is the body sensing a possibility 
and this possibility because it believes in it 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 may get activated one day so to sum it up basically we are witnessing this shift and at many levels it is happening the age of religions is over religion was lost in outer rituals now the true spiritual impulsion is to find the divine presence within second is it's not enough to find the divine presence within so all those systems of thoughts which were focused upon finding god whether we call it self enlightenment or whether we call it god this or that or even nothingness or a permanent doesn't matter now the shift is on bringing god into our drawing room bringing god into our car bringing god into our everyday life this is the shift that is taking place and this is something marvelous so otherwise we have paradigm where people speak about finding god but in life they say this is science follow the ways of science but now they want to bring god into everyday life so the manifestation itself is changing and the third is that instead of the fixed frames of society the social moral um, rules of life now children are beginning to discover something new now they also don't know right now because we are going through a transition so there will be experimentation there will be confusion there may be a couple of washout generations after all from the ape to man several subspecies came there will be many intermediate species but this is now inevitable that humanity has taken a crucial turn and whether we like it or not it no more depends upon us i mean it depends upon us only to the extent that we can say a yes and collaborate in the process and be on this side of the fence where humanity is being uplifted towards a new height a new level the divine superhumanity of the future or a divine life in a divine body or we may remain on this side obstinately clinging resisting denying doubting wanting to remain in the old human ways human condition using god only either as a you know to curse him or to get favors so this is one type a very uh, you know old world humanity which used god only as a uh, pastime so that uh, while you rely on the doctor and the vakil and the uh, policeman but uh, better keep his name also in your list maybe he will also help you a little bit that's all it was there but the real life never changed it was only coloring us from outside but now we can be on the other side of the fence where it's no more simply coloring life with the sense of the divine it is actually infusing a new life a new spiritual life a supramental life into our humanness and the mother describes it very beautifully she says that if you compare the spiritual life with all those beautiful relations that man has had with god so far not gods but god divine that religious aspiration of man its finest flower the seer and the sage she says all that looks like silver compared to this new supramental life which is like living gold that is the huge difference that has taken place and it will not fall into any pattern if we are looking for a typical answer where it a boy should come and say you know uh, i am following this kind of process and you know god is like this defined we'll not be able to find it he may not even use the word god but he is living a deeper and a more spiritual life very instinctively so this is the new change shift which has taken place and maybe for 50 years 100 years the mother spoke of this transition she says that it's looks like a moment and 
lot of confusion will be there during that period but she says from human life point of view it looks very long but if you take the life of humanity then what is 200 300 years and then she says that maybe in 1000 years maybe even a new the new body is also bound to come it's a long project so to sum it up basically the need of the hour is as she says the solution to all these problems that we face whether it be one virus another virus or everyday life is she says if only man consents to be spiritualized so this what i'll just close with this little passage from the mother which uh, i think will be a good agenda for the next year not next year this year coming year the mother speaks of it very beautifully she says how she would operate she says that the day somebody told her that there is divine within so she says i went like a tornado and by the end of that year in december i had realized it she gives that example that she stepped out and saw a shooting star and she was occupied with this she says i was crossing boulevard i would be occupied with this it was like one pointed i must find the divine within and she says at the end of the year i had realized it and again you see on 1st january 1951 what is the prayer that the mother gives she says that may all our being may this become our sole occupation not just a preoccupation and what is that occupation that for which shirbindo and we may add now the mother gave their life lived their life and what is that we are reading just little uh, couple of passages one is shirbindo's aphorism on which she has commented wherever thou seest a great end be sure of a great beginning where a monstrous and painful destruction appalls thy mind console it with the certainty of a large and great creation god is there not only in the still small voice but in the fire and in the whirlwind the greater the destruction the freer the chances of creation tandav followed by lasya because if you leave aside few things it doesn't she says it's a complete change which is going to take place but the destruction is often long slow and oppressive the creation tardy in its coming or interrupted in its triumph and then finally at one place he says wherefore god hammers so fiercely at his world so we don't like you know people saying oh 2020 was so bad how about good 2021 yes but we have to understand the law that operates behind if you don't understand the way things are if you treat life as being unconscious and you know god is only there to make our life uh, pleasant then we'll miss the point wherefore god hammers so fiercely at his world tramples and kneads it like dow like dough casts it so often into the blood bath and the red hell heat of the furnace because humanity in the mass is still a hard crude and vile ore which will not otherwise be melted and shaped as is his material so is his method let it help to transmute itself into nobler and purer metal his ways with it will be gentler and sweeter much loftier and fairer its uses this is a big difference so when we take turn to the divine it's not that we can do anything and get away but his ways will be gentler because our consciousness is becoming more and more subtle but if it is crude 
then the circumstances also act like that. And then finally she says, But something has happened in the world's history which allows us to hope that a selected few in humanity, a small number of beings, perhaps are ready to be transformed into pure gold and that they will be able to manifest strength without violence. How beautiful this is. In fact, at one place he says, the sign of strength is that you are not violent. Now strength, because you can even engage in destruction. If so be the need, but you are not violent. Heroism without destruction and courage without catastrophe. See, he speaks of this heroism as... uh, you know, the ability to conquer the ego, it is the most difficult task. And the people who don't realize it, they may live for 50 years uh, in a monastery um, to be on the safer side or in any place. And they may say that we are finding God, but they never really work upon their ego. Or, so nothing really changes because you have to, every moment we'll have countless opportunities when the ego will raise its head. It's like a hydra, you know. So many forms it will take, attractive forms. Whereas, there is only one true way. That is, you will know that whether it is the ego which is raising head or it is something much more deeper, truer, more beautiful. So she says, But in the very next paragraph, Sri gives the answer, If man could once consent to be spiritualized, Something in him asks for it, aspires, and all the rest refuses, wants to continue to be what it is, the mixed ore which needs to be cast into the furnace. If you want to remain on this side of the fence, we will be cast into the furnace. There is no respite. We can't say, no, 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 God make a life. We again want to celebrate New Year the way we used to do, with the same Allah with the same drink party. Fine. So he says, okay, you want to continue? Let's see how long you will continue. God has infinite patience. And nature has all infinity. But man has a limited span of time. This is the problem. (laughs) God will say, okay, you want to continue one more yoga like that? Fine. Nature also has infinite patience. He says, it's my toy, you know. Look how they are dancing, jumping. Oh, what a toy. So, you know, you have toys where you put a, there used to be a song, Jitni Chabi Bhari Ram Ne Utna Chale Khilona. Nature, it's like that. Itna Chabi hai, Jitna, you know, he drank and he danced. After that, the chabi is over. So he slept a sleep of unconsciousness. This is one kind of life. I won't use the word animal life because animals are better. <laughs> this is pervert life. <laughs> you know how people celebrate 31st December night? This is a, I mean, you have joy, but why on a particular day you are choosing to start a new year in this way? I am not I hope I am not sounding like a moralist Babaji But it it defies logic Why would you do it? I mean there are days when you have friends And you want to celebrate like that whatever. But why pick and choose that day When time is transiting As if this is how you want the transition to take place What a illogical thought And rational beings indulge in it So this is one kind of life This kind of humanity she has said Is foredoomed to destruction it will be cast into the furnace. Now there will be many who are on the other side will get caught in the melee. So best is to put yourself deliberately on the side of the divine. 
No human will can finally prevail against the divine will. Put yourself deliberately on the side of the divine, that victory is sure. So she is reminding us. But something in him doesn't want, he continues to be the mixed ore which needs to be cast into the furnace. Like people take out and say, no, 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 it's still hard. Put it back into the red heat. At the moment we are at a decisive turning point in the history of the earth once again. So people sometimes say, how are you sure? Well, Mother and Shurbindo have said so. They are, they are beings from the future. How am I sure? If somebody sometimes asks this question, that how can you say that Mother and Shurbindo have said that is surety and uh, all the other logical people, they are not sure. So I ask a simple question sometimes. I have asked, actually asked this question. Okay, sir, let's not talk about such big things. Tell me, can you say what is going to happen in your life tomorrow? You see, this predictability and certainty, this is where science gets caught. No. Okay, next moment. Next moment is already gone, but could you predict it? No. Here were two beings who have countless examples where they could go into the future and see things. And you don't want to trust them and you want to trust your reason which cannot tell you what's going to happen in the next moment. It's pure common sense, if nothing else, that, you know, here is someone who has gone into the future, done the tapasya, comes and tells you, look, this is the future, look, this is how you can advance, look, this is what I have seen, done, and you want to follow your reason, fair enough. I am talking of reason in a very limited way. So this is a mental arrogance. So she says, from every side I am asked, what is going to happen? Everywhere there is anguish, expectation, fear. What is going to happen? Looks like it is yesterday. There is only one reply, if only man could consent to be spiritualized. Don't rest your hope on the vaccine. Vaccine is for a virus. The problem of man is not the virus outside, but the virus in his brain. Which doesn't allow him to open to anything greater and higher than human. Which pushes him back into the animal mode of living. That is the virus we have to fight. And perhaps it would be enough if some individuals became pure gold. For this would be enough to change the course of events. We are faced with this necessity in a very urgent way. So now she is saying what we need to do. This courage, this heroism which the divine wants of us. Why not use it to fight against one's own difficulties? One's own imperfections, one's own obscurities. Why not heroically face the furnace of inner purification so that it does not become necessary to pass once more through one of those terrible gigantic destructions which plunge an entire civilization into darkness? This is the problem before us. It is for each one to solve it in his own way. Very powerful passage this is. This evening I am answering the questions I have been Asked and my reply is that of Shirobindo, if man could once consent to be spiritualized. And I add, time presses from the human point of view. This is March 1957. Namaste. Thank you, Alamji. Uh, Wonderful way to start the new year and somehow somewhat get into the 
understanding of the topic uh, not only to understand but actually in our daily life to practice it probably with a bit uh, anyone wants to ask any question uh, one or two we probably can take it and sure uh, my question is uh, why does everything have to be in a different level of consciousness whether it is human beings or animals or the whole creation okay so the question is about why does things have to happen at different levels of consciousness because it's a very good question by the way because we look at the surface of things and we wonder why events happen but the key is with consciousness from a spiritual point of view consciousness is the fundamental reality so it's a question of which way we look at it now nobody will deny that in this world phenomena and consciousness exists both together form and consciousness whichever we want to put it in this is something we all agree i mean as human beings we have a form and we have a consciousness but when we look at it from the surface and when we have a, bo a bottom up view then we say that consciousness is an epiphenomena which in the process of evolution this by product is released now this is very difficult to say when consciousness really started getting released as an epiphenomena even in matter if you really go deep inside there are choices that an electron makes even little amoeba i was very surprised when you know in the beginnings when i read in biology that amoeba is naturally drawn towards this and not toward that if you do that electrode experiment and i used to wonder how is it what informs the amoeba our body cells they respond so from the spiritual perspective which is an inside out view and a top down view consciousness is primary and fundamental so anything we want to under understand we have to go back to understanding the state of consciousness and the state of consciousness derives from the level of consciousness so in a day we can see that we move up and down the ladder of consciousness in the morning we are in a state of wonderful aspiration prayer and everything good resolve first january from today all plus 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 tick marks and all minus i will not eat samosas i will not do this and you know not put on by evening everything is changed now why the shift has taken place because consciousness has shifted why it shifts either because of habit a dull gravitation wherever we have centered our consciousness primarily there it tends to come down by habit but if you refuse this either because you reject the suggestion or you say even then i bounce back so after a while we tend to live in a higher and higher and a greater and greater level of consciousness and the more we begin to live there initially there'll be a conflict between that part which is you know beginning to live in higher regions and that part which is still caught up you know shubindu speaks about two beings i was one free above and one is bound the uh, upanishadic uh, half story because i always use the word half story dwasuparna there is a bird who is watching and the other is eating the fruit so what happens to the two <laughs> at the end of the story does it remain forever like this no now once you station a part of your consciousness there the tendency should be it will happen automatically because man cannot live for long with cognitive dissonance he will try to pull up everything to that level or eventually he will say no i'll stay there one of the two things this of course is a disaster but eventually whatever he engages and he will try to whatever is his major shift 
Initially, it is still an ego identification. But this shift is fundamental. So, there are two approaches to correcting life. One is outwardly. I will eat vegetarian food only. Hitler also took such a vow. He never ate non-veg food. So, this is one kind of shift where outwardly we manipulate life. And I am not saying it has no meaning. It has its own meaning. But the other part is we inwardly shift the needle of consciousness. Now, when we shift the needle inwardly, we will see that the outer begins to change. Now, that change is something which is stable. It is true and it will endure the rub of time. Otherwise, when we only change it outwardly, then well, hypocrisy, artificiality, uh, all this tends to set in. So that's why consciousness, because it's primary and fundamental from a spiritual perspective. Now, even I could argue logically that, look, you know how it is primary and fundamental. I've just given a little hint. But even if we leave aside, we can say that we have two kinds of uh, basic faiths on which we can proceed. One is that consciousness is secondary. In which case, levels of consciousness is not important. Manipulating the material end is important. The form is important. Uh, many, lot of medical people operate on that basis. They say, it's okay, you have nice thoughts, good, okay, fine, but I have to, you know, deal with this machine. This is a machine, give it to me and I'll set it right. Okay, you may pray to God, but deep inside many of them say, it's not. This is not what is going to help. My medicine is going to help. But this is another where you actually believe in shifting the needle of consciousness and while you use outer means, that's not what is primary. The primary thing is inside. So this is the way the cosmic law operates. So, Yes. Can I ask the question relative yes. to uh, advice to your grandchildren, say the ones in their 19s, 20s, 21, 22, how do they, how, how do, where they have not been experiencing the, the study of Sri Aurobindo and the mother uh, as much as uh, we've tried to tell stuff like yeah. this over the years. Um, but we're going to be seeing them on New Year's Day, and I want to give them some advice in the direction that you're talking about, which I think is beautiful, for how they can seek a higher consciousness. Yes. How do they seek within themselves to look forward in in this direction? Yes. So that's a very uh, wonderful uh, question. One is about the 1920s when we speak about it. Oh, you spoke about people who are in 20s. Yes, that's right. So they do not like any, you know, religious forms or trying to tell them, you know, mother said so and so and so said so. That's really puts them off. But when we look at these youngsters and I see a lot of them uh, regularly, I ask them that, you know, one of the ways I work it out is I ask them if you were allowed to create a world what kind of world you would create and some of them come up with very fascinating ideas it's their own conception now where does the new world really form it forms within now if we really look at right the Vedas speak about it it is the pressure of the will and the faith when mother was asked how the new world will be formed she said don't you know it is given in the Vedas she speaks of this tapas and then she explains it, the will and the faith. And Shubhita makes it very simple. Whatever a man has faith in and applies his will steadily, that he will arrive at. And he says something very beautiful that if you believe in self-healing, one day you will end up finding a way to self-healing. So basically, one of the ways that these children have to be approached or adolescents, that what is, let's for a moment forget the systems of knowledge in which we are trapped. Let's just feel our own hearts and see how we would want to work out things. And then 
because uh, i mean this this another respect which i tell this uh, you know the mind lies ad infinitum and most of the time it doesn't even know it is lying it it believes in its lies so much that it takes it for truth but you ask the heart of a human being it never lies something very interesting that's why people want to cover it up you see typical i give this example in you know people have relationship issue who is minds way oh he is so and so he is so and so and everything is so and so ask the heart stunned silence why because the heart knows the truth heart knows what is what and where is where it just doesn't lie because you know it doesn't have that mental um, trappings in which we get caught so let the children let their hearts be consulted our uh, you know when we communicate with children we become too much mind centric and therefore we enter a maze and they enter in another maze and they start raising questions and we start answering it's a never ending series but consult their own heart and they will reveal the truth they will come up with this idea that i wish you know i mean that there was uh, let what was that song um, let there be no education we want no education <laughs> Paul McCartney, I forgot in the name, but that is interesting. The other day, Clapton song. Now you know there are things which the heart knows, and that's why these things have a different appeal to the human consciousness. Why do people follow like a Pied Piper? Because suddenly these, uh, you see, what did the Beatles do? For example, it brought out that which was held back in the heart. So when he said, you know, let the imagine it, you know, now a typical cold intellectual. thought will say why imagine this cannot be it finishes the baby before it is born so i often ask these children to imagine i ask them to you know bring out their own heart and in the process they actually are helped because suddenly somebody has asked their heart tell me what's your idea of truth and not impose them as something coming from above as a mental structure so this is my suggestion in brief how to consult these children ask them they come up with wonderful thing the other day one child 9 10 year old children you know coming up with this idea there is something greater 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 and what is that ultimate things so the the child says it is love how did the child know it is love but adult love don't talk about it finish your classes are love is there in creation <laughs> love is and they know everything except love you have to take up a career they don't know how to love they don't know how to stand and stare the sense of wonder this it should be completely given in non formal ways where we bring in a sect you know this is the biggest bane uh, not with an evangelistic fervor to convert people to a belief no that's not the way yes there will be some people who believe in madhuran shobinda because they are now ready for the yoga and they are drawn in that's different that's a different uh, ground on which one speaks but a general audience consult their heart because that's where the truth resides the bible says so christ says truth is in the heart the kingdom of heaven is, is in the heart krishna says so that i am there in the heart of all creatures shobindo in the mother say so it is the heart that has wings but we we have forgotten the heart so let's you know once again bring out the heart in creation the deeper heart uh, thank you everyone i think it's uh, getting little late yes. in india 
and I thank everyone uh, who has taken time to join us today. And I wish everyone a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Bonani, let's all take leaps, leaps of faith and aspiration in this year. Supporting you over there, Shashil, and who else is there? Please convey our love and regards to all of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Vivek. Thank you, thank you, thank you.